We are the ladies of Spark My Interest podcast. My name is Diana. I'm Deborah. I'm Jesse. Sometimes our content is shocking. The church blew up. <gasps> Other times it's hilarious. Did he do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing it always is is interesting. That's how they decided. I had based no idea. on the moon. So tune in every Monday for a new episode and get sparked. What's the matter with you? You should take the money. I can only get her an appointment for Thursday. They do their act at the shell break on Thursday night. If they cancel, they lose this season's salary, next year's gig. What's the shell break? It's another hotel where they do their mambo act. Can't someone else fill in? No, Miss Fixit, somebody else can't fill in. Maria has to work all day. She can't learn the routines. And Jenna has to fill in for Penny. Everybody works here. What, do you want to do it? Take time out from Simon Says? It's not a bad idea. It's a joke, Billy. She can't move. No, it's the dumbest idea I ever heard of. I can't even do the meringue. Johnny, you're a strong partner. You can lead anybody. But you heard her. She, she can't even do the meringue. She can't do it. She cannot do it. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. Oh my goodness, this is a very, very uh, exciting episode. episode. <laughs> we got into the triple digits, Pete. Yes, indeed. I can't even believe it. But let's uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Everybody listening, my name is Pete, and I'm Scott, and, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that made us gay. gay. Episode 100, motherfuckers. Wow. We made it. <laughs> That's almost an episode a year, uh, an episode a week for two years. We took a little break there, but for the most part, an episode a week. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Scott. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm proud of us. Thank you. I am big as deal. well. I'm as well. But uh, also, we've got some fun stuff today. Why don't you introduce uh, the movie that we watched and our wonderful guest? We had Millie DeCherico back on. Hi, Millie. Hi, I'm so honored to be here for your 100th episode. I think that Mannequin was, what, episode six, I think? So we weren't even at 10. Yeah. That's wild. That's amazing. So early, yeah. And Millie, you've been doing great with uh, I Saw What You Did podcast. Yeah. So much fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you guys were on TV TV <laughs> last night with TCM <laughs> Slumberground. Yeah. I was at work, so I didn't get it, So, but I'll get the episode later on YouTube. Yeah. We um, uh, essentially, um, you know, I've been doing this thing called TCM Underground for 15 years or something. It's been a really long time. Um, you know, it's basically a late night cult movie franchise on TCM. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just been programming stuff in the middle of the night for a really long time. And then when pandemic hit, um, you know, basically was thinking, uh, well, we're sitting around bored and we're on Zoom all the time. So why don't we just like record <laughs> some stuff? And essentially I got like three of my coworkers um, and one of them being Ben Cheeves, who I know has been on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Friend of the show, Ben. Yeah, yeah. And he um, he and two of our other colleagues, we've been, you know, doing these kind of like you know, videos on YouTube every month. We'll, we'll take some of the movies that we are airing on the network for underground and sort of talk about them and, you know, just have a little weird fun. And, you know, we have our TCM film festival every year. And this year it was on, uh, on the channel because, you know, obviously we're not doing it in person in LA. Um, and they asked us if we would introduce Greece too, which was seriously, I think (laughs) Ben, 
this might have been like the greatest moment of his life because he's a huge Grease <laughs> 2 fan. And so they, they let us on, and we were on, like, pretty early. I mean, we were this was not yeah. a 2 a.m. thing. This yeah. was, like, pretty early. It was, like, 8 p.m. Pacific. Oh, my God. I could not believe it. And I was, like... You got prime time. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was so much fun. Um, I think a lot of people hadn't seen Grease 2 in a while, like, on TV. Yeah. And we had never played it on TCM before, so it was a blast. And, like... Maxwell Caulfield was tweeting at us. I mean, it was like oh, oh, super amazing. fun. So it was awesome. You know, Grease 2 is, first of all, Grease 2 is wild. Yes. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> insane. But, you know, what I didn't know is that the kids, like the, the millennials yep. and like the Gen Z, they love it. Oh. Did you know that? That I, I didn't, but I'm I'm yeah. so glad to hear that for whatever reason. It's fully just, a thing, and they love it more than Grease One. Oh, thank God! Yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand this phenomenon. But I worked with like some kids a couple years ago, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's my favorite movie. It's so much better than the first. I was like, "What are you? What the what?" So, so yeah, it's kind of having a moment right now. Good for them. I mean, honestly, yeah. like part of what we talked about uh, on the uh, on the episode was. This idea of like there being, you know, people who only like Grease Two and don't like mm-hmm. Grease One, and I think that's sure, very yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, I I find I find them both valuable. Um, I definitely, <laughs> if it were just up to me, I think I'm a Grease Two person, to be honest. Ah, okay. But Grease One is great. I mean, it's a classic, yeah. and you can't yeah, deny sure. that. So, I mean, I just uh, anything with Adrian's a med. I know. I could not believe how during the score tonight he is showing out in a big yes. way, in a way that I never realized as a child. Yes, he so. is. I'm telling you. And I mean, we just got some bad news today that Tawny Katane unfortunately passed away, uh, which is yeah. not great news. But we are going to watch Bachelor Party tonight in her honor. Oh, mm-hmm. good. And, and you want to talk about Adrian's Ahmed showing out. Oh, yeah. my God. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he is without a shirt the entire movie. Uh, yeah, he's like yeah. talking about bimbos at one point. I forgot yeah. like his yeah. whole... You know. Yeah, the the bimbo situation. That movie is so eighties. I can't even. Oh stand my god, we're here for anything. Amy Jo Sperber, of course. Adrian Zemed, yes. you know. I said no hookers. <laughs> yeah. So um, well, very appropriate uh, that you guys did Grease Two because oh, uh, we're doing Grease Two next week. Oh yeah, we are. It's episode one hundred and one. Oh my god, <laughs> fantastic. How about that? Oh my god! Yeah, no, tune yeah, in, I tune in, listeners. Oh my god, you guys are do- killing it! Like I swear, it's like every time I hear an e- like, if, if if I hear an episode, I'm just sort of like agreeing along with you guys all the time, obviously. <laughs> but then, like when I see like the promotion for the next one, I'm like, oh my god, perfect! I mean, <laughs> and the stars aligned yeah. when you programmed Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh yeah, the week oh, yeah. like the. The Friday that our episode came out. Yeah. That's that perfect. <laughs> perfect. Love that movie. Yeah. So we gathered today <laughs> for episode 100. Really wanted to do something special for episode 100. And it just seems like somebody like Patrick Swayze, everyone can agree that everybody just fucking loves Patrick Swayze. Like everybody. <laughs> it's just like it's, it's something that we can all agree on. And we're doing Dirty Dancing Yay. for episode 100. Yay. And I knew that you would be perfect for, <laughs> to talk about Dirty Dancing. Thank you. I'm so honored that you think that. I really am. <laughs> you, know, you know, Dirty Dancing has 
something that I feel like gay men, straight women, everybody can just agree on. And I think that, like, for me, two words that kind of sum up Dirty Dancing are sexual awakening. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is just something that we should not have been watching as children. We had no business watching this at the age we all watched it, I'm sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> what were our parents thinking? Allowing <laughs> Some of the subject matter. And it's not just the dirty dancing. I feel like the dirty dancing of the title is just kind of like it's there, but it's not really the the idea. It's not like the Lombada and the Forbidden Dance. Those mm-hmm. movies were like overtly sexy. This movie's just like adult with like, you know, abortions sure. and, you know, mm-hmm. adultery and <clears throat> just these big ideas and concepts that we as me as a child was not prepared for <laughs> emotionally. But, you know, yeah. Hey, we love it now. No, I, to- I totally agree with you there. There was a lot going on in that movie that, like, I didn't realize how kind of class base yes. the yeah. movie was like when i was a kid um i i mean i there's the whole idea that um johnny castle might be sort of dabbling in sex work because he's accepting yeah. you know that kind of thing it's like i didn't know that shit at all when i was a kid no and then you know now that i've seen it about literally like 30 something times at this point <laughs> um you know i'm like as a grown woman going oh wow there is a lot going on in this movie so totally yeah right. absolutely um the class situation just the idea of this like summer camp for families that as a kid you're just yeah. like sure that's a thing yeah. people mm-hmm. <laughs> People do or did that at some point. I never questioned it, you know? Yeah. And Did you guys ever go to now, camp? Did you ever do that with your families? Like, I never did. I mean, I feel like my my family would go to a place like this over their dead body. He's, he's, but you're woodsy, though. I'm They're, like woodsy. Like, yeah. my mom and stepdad and my uh, <clears throat> biological dad would rather be out, like, fishing or bow hunting. Yeah. So, yeah, this is something that's very foreign to me yeah. for, like, a family vacation. Yeah, these are country people. They fish. They hunt with bows and arrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're crazy. Uh, <laughs> my family and I would go, like, camping, but not to, like, resorts like this at all. Yeah. And then the camping that we would do was very, like, Southern California camping. Yeah. So you'd go out to, like, the Central Valley, and they have, like, these campsites where, like, you book, like, and there's, like, a number on it, and you go, you know, very mm-hmm. kind of corporate camping. So we did that. And as a kid, I was fascinated with the idea of summer camp. Yes, me too. Sleep, sleep away camp, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I, I kind of figured that it was an East Coast situation. But, yeah, seeing Dirty Dancing, it was just like I knew it was the 60s, but also it's that very 80s lens of the 60s where. Love it. Yeah. If, if, if there wasn't if they weren't playing all that music, there would be no indication that this movie was the 60s. Yes. Right. And sometimes I the music is 80s. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that I, I have. I have in my notes that this is like a parallel version 
of the 1960s as seen through the lens of the 1980s. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of like that it works with the tone that the director just does not care about period realism. It's just like, <laughs> we're making a movie for the young people of 1987. Like, we don't care. Yeah, I love how, um, I hope this is not put into card before the horse, but at the like at the end where... Yeah. Johnny has his big dance number and he takes a 45 and yes. puts it on the record yeah. player and then it plays the 1980s song <laughs> that's being made by, you know, Jennifer yeah. Warren or whatever. Um, <clears throat> that cracks me up. That cracks me. No, absolutely. Last night when he like walks in and he gives like the he gives the forty five to Billy yeah. and like we're sitting there and I'm just and I and I said out loud, I was like, Billy, I've come from the future. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was released on forty five in nineteen eighty seven. They were still printing. Oh, those. they were yeah, definitely. But definitely. <laughs> yeah, that is so wild. Yeah. There's also a scene where the sister is going to meet like the the waiter that we hate we hate that waiter He's hate so that evil. waiter mm-hmm. yeah. and she's like on her way to like go lose her virginity to him and this like like pointer sisters song or something yeah <laughs> you're like what is happening yeah it's basically like mary clayton in the style of the 80s pointer sisters and yes. she's getting all dolled <laughs> up and yeah it is that moment where you're like this is not a 60s song at all like, no yeah absolutely not um, um have you watched the um, those movies that made us that Netflix series that kind of goes into these eighties movies? I haven't, but every time I see it, I think of you guys. If that's any <laughs> sure. well, yeah, half of the title. Yeah. All I'm saying is that uh, I think that we had that we were first. I think that we were first. No, I think you <laughs> were too. Say. I just want yeah, to tell you. Put me on the so, record. So, um, the Dirty Dancing episode is very interesting because. I wasn't really aware of the circumstances that got this movie made. Um, and really the idea that this is a, a really super, super independent movie. It was not produced by a major studio. I think that they shopped it around to Universal and Warner in Columbia, and everyone said no. And they landed on Vestron. Vestron, yeah. Vestron Pictures. Mm. Yeah. Vestron Pictures was a, was a distributor of, like, VHS. Like, they would put movies onto VHS tapes and distribute those to like rental like blockbuster videos yeah. and yep. stuff. So wild that this is now like they're now they're making movies. And this doesn't look like a cheaply made movie. No way. It too. looks great. I feel like it looks like totally normal studio movie. Oh yeah. I that that is the weirdest part of for me because I I feel like this movie it did feel well, you know, maybe I, I don't really have the nuance to know. I did not have the nuance right. to know about video distributors in 1987. No, yeah, right. <laughs> However, it did feel like I remember when they were promoting the movie, and I kept thinking, like, this isn't this is something adult because it has dirty mm-hmm. in the title, dirty dancing, right? And then then there was a moment, like a, a gap between hearing about it and then seeing it and seeing like all of people my age watching it. And I feel like yeah. that has to do something with like the distribution part of it, which is that maybe it was like a, an independent film. And, and when it was kind of coming, when it was being promoted, it was sort of still like an unknown, how do we do this type of thing? And then eventually it was everywhere. Um, yeah. And I just think that's very, that's a very interesting concept because, you know, now, now knowing what I know now about the movie business for whatever, you know, whatever I do know about it, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just an interesting little 
tidbit, you know? Yeah. It was it was the first movie to sell over a million copies for home video. Yeah. See, that's, that's and that's, wild. yeah, another, it was yeah. like a big home video thing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's, where, that's where I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah. For, I mean, I was nine. I'm not going <laughs> to. And it's one of those things that if they wouldn't have had this small production house, would we have gotten something like the abortion subplot that gets baby to dancing? Totally. Probably not. Yeah. I could see like a major studio being like, uh, I don't care how you get Jennifer Grey to dirty dance, but you can't do it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have been like a completely different film in a lot of ways, I think, if they really had had this like big studio thing. And the studios were aware of like how how they could promote it to make it be this big trendy thing that's like gonna capture the zeitgeist they wouldn't have had that right well (laughs) i'd imagine that we probably have a movie like flashdance to thank of how a movie like this ended up getting made because flashdance had a huge moment in the early 80s yeah and and footloose and footloose and jennifer gray she talks on the blu-ray how close she was to get like how close she was to getting Flashdance. Like it was between wow. her and Jennifer Beals. Wow, I didn't know that. Which I had no that's idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the um, the writer of this movie, Ooh, yeah. Eleanor Bergstein. This woman, she's a this pretty story kooky lady, <laughs> is amazing. How much control she had mm-hmm. over this script. Yeah. Like the casting. All of it. And how it's like, I, I love the fact that, you know, in interviews and things and in, you know, in the, the movies that made us and in the interviews on the Blu-ray, she's very much like, I'm not Baby Houseman, but aren't I? she's like i am not baby houseman huge wink you know (laughs) and you just get the idea that she would go to these catskills you know resorts with her family as a kid and just had this experience of making friends with the staff yeah, making friends with the staff and just being like, I'm kind of too cool for, you know, doing the foxtrot and the bunny hop with my parents. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and figure out, you know, what's really going on. And that's where the parties are. And it kind of leads me to think that, like, so this concept of dirty dancing, right? Like I said, it's not really the point of the movie. It's just something that baby sees the staff doing yeah. when they're not working. This staff of hundreds yeah. that are all just on a break. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so, who is doing the bunny and the foxtrot? Who's watching the store? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she leaves the main hall in the middle of, like, a big, like, event. The very first time, you know, she goes. And this it's, like, this dance hall. And it's, like, full of these young kids. And they're all dancing very sexually with each other. And I just think this is my, like, I just came up with this last night i'm thinking okay maybe this happened to her you know she lived this life she goes and sees them all dancing kind of like you know suggestively provocatively but i don't think that dirty dancing as a concept was ever like a thing you know what i mean i don't think kids were like we're gonna learn how to dirty dance it was just we gotta go sneak out of our house and put on our Black cha-cha heels and go dirty dancing. Yeah, Yeah, she just saw this thing, was fascinated by it, and was just like, I'm going to name it, and it's going to become this phenomenon, which didn't really kind of exist. It was just a party that she went to. Yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, it, it isn't a dance like, as like the Lombada is. It isn't yeah. like, you know, the Macarena. It's basically just sort of like, <laughs> it doesn't just, it's just kind of like people grinding on each other. Yeah, really. Yeah. Or freaking, as we called it yeah. in, in my day. Um, <laughs> freaking. I, I love that we, yeah, I love that we always have to go back to Lombada because that was a copycat. Oh, sure. Right? That, that was totally And the copy. Lombada movie has um, the tardy housewife. The, in the it, right? The woman who is Patrick Sw- who's like in love with Patrick Swayze in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a choreographer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah of Lombada. Well, actually, there were two Lombada movies. There were like competing Lombada Dueling. Movies. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that drama. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember my sister and I went to go see Beetlejuice and it ended and our parents were seeing another movie. And so... Beetlejuice ended first because their movie was longer, and we're like, "What should we do?" And we just walked into like the end of Lombard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were like, "What is this?" That sounds like a canon movie. <laughs> it sounds like something that the canons would have done. The Forbidden Dance. See mm-hmm. that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I think that I when I saw the canon films documentary, I feel like that was a part of it where they were talking about how. They wanted to make a competing Lombada movie or something like that. And they, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, there's there's definitely, <laughs> like, people trying to... That was, at least at the time, these people cognizant of what this thing could be. Whereas you're right. right. With Dirty Dancing, it just felt kind of like, well, what is this? Like, is there going to be, like, dirty dancing class at, like, the gym yeah. now? Like, what's happening? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, man. That would have been amazing if, like, aerobic studios started teaching dirty dancing classes yeah no kidding well you know what's so funny about um her name is eleanor um bergstein is that her name the mm-hmm. writer okay yes. so a cut co- like lack i think it was like last year or something i went to the new beverly and i saw um that movie it's my turn have you seen this movie no. it's my turn no so basically it is another eleanor bergstein movie that apparently there was some kind of relation to Dirty Dancing, but it stars uh, Jill Clayburg and Michael Douglas, and okay. it is like seriously one of the most in- like this sh- one of the strangest movies I think I've ever seen, and I and I feel like <laughs> Claudia Weil is that her name? She directed Girlfriends. I think she directed the movie, but it's from an Eleanor Bergstein. Okay, script. sure. And right. it's basically uh. this weird thing where, like, Jill Clayburgh is, like, in a relationship with Charles Grodin, but then she meets Michael Douglas. And Michael Douglas is so... 1980s Michael Douglas. Cute. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so cute in it because, you know, I had only really seen Michael Douglas as, like, you know, a neurotic thriller guy from the 90s yeah. that when I was like, oh, my God, he's got a beard and he's a baseball player. And I was I was kind of, like, crushing on him the whole movie. But it's such a str- – like, a, I don't mean strange as in plot-wise. It's more just sort of like right. – in a, like I'm like, I never heard of it. Why haven't I seen it? Why hasn't – it's it's affiliated with Dirty Dancing somehow. And how come yeah. I've never heard of it? But anyway, it's if you can find it, you should watch it. It's interesting. That's so interesting. Okay, Claudia. Well, yeah, she directed Girlfriends, my favorite movie. Scott, uh, yeah. I, I was watching Girlfriends on television. I think on it was cable. on TCM. I think it was on TCM. Yeah. And Scott walked in and he was like, what are you watching? And I was like, I don't know. Just this movie I've never – I had never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating. Yeah. It was like very interesting, you know, little character study. I remembered the lead actress from 30-something. Yep. Melanie Mehran. Melanie Mehran. Yeah, that was, again, something that as a kid – 
zero business watching yeah, 30 something. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing infested in these characters? Oh my god, I think that one's Yeah. Yeah, it's just something that is why did certain kinds of kids just were obsessed with these really grown up topics. So interesting. Oh my god. I do you you basically hit the nail on the head for me. I was obsessed with grown up things. I just wanted to know. Yeah. I wanted the information. And so I was always watching things that were just like above my age level and, you know, Mm -hmm. like anything, anything to do with adult stuff, like Barbara Streisand, like 30 something, (laughs) like everything. And yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's, I think ultimately what, what made Dirty Dancing seem like super exciting. The weirdest part is that it, it was for, it felt like it was for adults, but then I also felt that it was for me because I was like, well, Jennifer Gray is like... I don't know. Yeah. Like she's, she's a young she, character, maybe. I don't know. She's how kind she's of your surrogate every girl. Exactly. Yeah. So that that was my question, you know, as we're watching it last night, um, to prepare. The the family, the Houseman family. So we have Jerry Orbach and um the mom from the Gilmore girls, Kelly Bishop, mm-hmm. as the parents. Poor Kelly Bishop. Uh, she had four lines in this entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> and she looked fantastic. I was like, Come I on. was mm-hmm. just going to say that <laughs> in the final, like the final, like farewell, like dance party, mm-hmm. this dress that she's in, she looks amazing. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's the Houseman family. They've got their two daughters, Frances, who everybody calls baby. And the very first line, this voiceover that was the summer of 1963 when everybody called me baby and it didn't occur to me to mind. This line, I was like, oh man, that is such a screen written <laughs> like No one would ever say that out loud. <laughs> such a diary line. But yeah, the whole idea is that everybody calls her baby because she's the youngest, whatever. It's kind of unclear how old she is, but then they do say later on that she's starting up at college yeah mount holyoke or something mount like that holyoke. yeah yeah yes baby is baby yeah. sure so she'll be starting college next year in her preparation to join the peace corps sure which i love and i like that she's a woke uh teenager of the early 60s <laughs> absolutely uh-huh mm-hmm. like she was way into it before like the flower power mm-hmm. so jennifer gray playing baby houseman 17 18 right mm-hmm. since she's going to mount holyoke next year Jennifer Grey, fully, like, 28 years old. Sure. <laughs> and she makes this movie. Love it. Yeah. But I think she kind of... I think it she, works. Yeah, she's giving me, like, late teens. Yeah. I'm buying it. She's like a Tobey Maguire type. Can play much, yeah. much, much younger. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was buying it then. As a kid, I'm buying it now. Yeah. It's was, crazy. On the, on the special features, she talked about, like, going to Studio 54 when she was, like, a teenager. With her boyfriend. Oh so it's like she had sort of How old like had lived the Hollywood life prior to this movie. I mean, her and father's Joel Grey. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think <laughs> I think she probably had access to a lot of like cool shit because of her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Aunt Liza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's a Hanukkah gift from Liza every year. That <laughs> would be kind of amazing if you if you're just like talking to Aunt Liza and she's just like come with me to Studio 54 you'll love it and you're like okay <laughs> oh man that's she had wild. previously made Red Dawn with Swayze yeah so they had sort of a working relationship mm-hmm. I kind of love this like Hollywood legend that they just didn't like each other 
Yeah, I I was very unclear about that. I was actually trying to like do some research about it once, where mm-hmm. I was like, "What? Why do they hate each other?" Now I gotta know. Um, and which was it? Her that didn't like him, or was it the other way around? Like, yeah. what was the thing? I think that there was probably a moment on the set of Red Dawn where they probably like yelled at each other and that was probably <laughs> it she mentions that billy zane was very very close to getting johnny interesting mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but billy zane not a trained dancer yes when uh i i read that the director was very adamant on having as many trained dancers as possible so that they wouldn't have to resort to dance doubles oh they like flash dance i'm gonna tell you right now the backup dancers in Dirty Dancing are some of my absolute faves. Yes. There's a girl, speaking of Liza, there's a girl that's one of the back dancers that has like short, the yes. short hair, yes. dark. Oh. <laughs> Killing it. She is on fire every moment she's on screen. Putting, st- putting <laughs> some extra stank on everything yeah. that she does. Absolutely. And she is front and center in that last dance yes. towards the camera. <laughs> I can't even. I'm so glad that you brought her up. She is. <laughs> Absolutely the best. And I mean, Penny, Cynthia Rhodes mm. as Penny. Oh, my so goodness good. gracious. Oh, this my God. God. Yeah. She, like, literally a, like a like a living Barbie doll. She had that, like, yes. most beautiful, yep. like, she was tall and incredibly thin. And, like, like, that part at the, like, I guess when Baby first, when she carries the watermelon and then she appears. Mm-hmm. And where she's wearing that... Um, Penny's wearing that red dress and then her leg goes super far up in the yep. air. I was like, oh my God, she's oh incredible. She's God. like a Barbie doll. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And she just has that like dancer physique. Totally. You're just like, whoa, so good. Um, goes well with Patrick's teeny little waist. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Swayze, they, he talks about not wanting to do this movie he had kind of no dancing in a lot of his like you know um resume you know cv stuff early on in his career because he didn't want to kind of fall back into that like well i come from the dancing world yeah thing and um i mean god bless him for kind of agreeing to be in this but he's so good and i feel like patrick swayze pretty unproblematic right like by large, I mean, I saw that. Yeah. Did you guys see that that documentary that they made about him? Um, no, I didn't see the full thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember where. I think it was like on some kind of cable channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I cried. By the way, I, when I watched that, I cried many times. And I, I honestly think that he might be cool. He, he was okay. Like I don't know. Again, yeah. I don't know everything. <laughs> but based right, on right. what I what we know, yeah, he seems yeah. to be okay. Yeah, 57 when he passed away. Oh, so sad. That's insane. And also just this renaissance man that was just good at everything. Yeah. That was the the part of the documentary that that made me insane. Because I was like, oh, he was this like, you know, he played football or something. Or he was like a sports guy, but Mm -hmm. he was a dancer. He was kind of like Mm -hmm. the jack of all trades. Like he was like macho sports sportsman dude but also was in dance and was and yeah. didn't care he didn't seem like he cared that he's he wasn't one of those straight guys that's like oh i don't like dancing because it's too feminine or whatever right um he was kind of like a yeah renaissance man i mean it's yeah. amazing love him yeah especially the type of like that ballroom type of dancing it's 
it's extremely like the kind of you know moves and shapes your body has to go into like i feel like some straight people straight men can watch that and be like oh my goodness this is way too feminine yeah you know, the way the men have to like contort their bodies yeah but i mean it's it's freaking patrick swayze man yeah <laughs> but um <clears throat> so this movie is about you know the housemen that go to the kellerman resort is it the kellerman resort mm-hmm. you know i'm assuming it's in the Pennsylvania, the Catskills, right? Catskill Cat Mountains, skills. yeah. And I mean, if you watched the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, there was a whole like multi-episode arc where they went to a very similar type of thing. And I'm, you know, I'm just guessing in the early part to the middle part of the 20th century, this was just a big kind of location and vacation spot for a certain. Uh, cast of <laughs> of the population who could afford it yeah because it seems to be all-inclusive kind of cruise-like yeah there was activities i mean i guess it's kind of like what i was at, what i was wondering about if you guys had gone to something like this because i remember going on family vacation and i remember going somewhere for like maybe a week at the most mm-hmm. this felt like a we're packing up for like a month or two going yeah. into the mountains mm-hmm. you know there's like activities there's like a talent show like i've never done anything where no. i was on vacation and it was in a talent show no. um there's a wig clinic yeah <laughs> yeah the, the wig, wig clinic, clinic. <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm going to that <laughs> yeah on mrs Maisel, i think they went for two months wow and that's the thing it's like it's these affluent you know jewish families you know most likely in new york city that did it and it it was part of, at that time, part of culture and part of culture now, you know, with any kind of ethnic, you know, background. Yeah. It's that if you're not married or even if you are married, you're still very tight with your family. Yeah. You know, and there's this kind of idea of like, well, if you're not married yet, then you're still going to be living at home. Yeah. Because why, why are you going to move out? Right. Why waste your money and (laughs) live by yourself? Just stay home. So the whole family would just pack up and go. Um, I don't know enough about, you know, this type of... All all I know is from Dirty Dancing and and Mrs. Maisel. (laughs) Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. But this is what we've gleaned, right? Yeah. It seems kind of like, as a kid, I'd be into it. As as someone baby's age or older, maybe maybe not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have, like, I never went anywhere long enough for me to develop a summer romance with someone in the oh, same right? place, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that, to me, there was a, there's a lot of hijinks that Baby gets into. Like, there's, like, I mean, she is performing at another hotel. She has to learn a dance routine. And um, that's why I was beginning to be like, damn, how long are they at this place? They must have literally packed it up for months, you know? Well, that's what's unclear to me because so Baby goes to, you know, she goes to this resort. She's not kind of happy with the, you know, family style activities, sneaks away off to the the cast or crew quarters as, you know, we talked about this weird, crazy dance party. Mm -hmm. And she gets involved with, you know, a, a group of people that are part of the, you know, the dance instruction, which is Johnny Castle and uh, and Penny, Penny Johnson, his dance partner. Mm-hmm. They're like the two, like the male and female leads of like the dance company. They teach everybody how to dance. They they just showed up and did this crazy like 
I don't know, cha-cha or merengue or whatever yeah. on the main dance floor. And everybody was like, you know, losing their minds. Yeah. It was pretty uh, amazing, actually, what they did. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we have to just, long story short, Penny, we find out, is quote-unquote in trouble, knocked up, you know. And when Baby finds out, Oh, she, baby's also being courted by the nephew of the man who owns the resort. And uh, he's so this gross. This dork. Oh, the worst. That fucker. He's awful. Oh, fucker. <laughs> so he's like, you know, trying to show her around, blah, blah, blah. And they run into Penny, who's like, this is when I have lots of questions. Starting from here, moving forward. Yeah. Because, okay. When they're in the kitchen and they find Penny and she's kind of like... Crumpled on the ground, crying. She's all distraught. So then Baby's like, oh, shit, that's like Penny. Like, I I know her. Like, she's the cool kids. Um, So I'm going to go and tell them. So she goes and she runs and tells uh, Billy, which is Johnny Castle's cousin, Mm -hmm. who also works there. We get Johnny and we're, like, running to go find Penny. And this whole time, Johnny's got this attitude of, like, what's she doing here? Like, she's a guest. We're not supposed to hang out with them. Yeah. You know, we can get in trouble. She can get in trouble. It's a whole deal. But Billy, he's like, oh, well, Penny's knocked up. So they know, right? They already know at this point that Penny's pregnant. So. But then Penny's, like, sitting crumpled up crying. What, what happened? Like, why is she now, like... Do you know what I mean? It's like if she would have, like, found out that she's pregnant, then, like, lost her shit and then told them, like, you guys, I'm knocked up. That would have made sense. But I just don't understand why she's sitting there crying by herself if everybody already knows. Yeah. Hard to say. I mean, you know, I think it's revealed at some point that the guy that knocked her up was the asshole waiter that loves the Uh, fountainhead or whatever. The, like, libertarian um, dude. Um, And he is kind of just like, fuck her. Like, doesn't want to deal with Penny. Doesn't want to deal with Mm -hmm. the baby. Um, Maybe that's it. Maybe she went to go talk to him. And he was just like, no, I'm not going to pay for your abortion. Figure it out. And that's why she... Yeah. I I mean, I can only guess, right? Because I had that is a big question. To be yeah, honest, is to if put, anybody, put everybody together. already knew. And by the way, I have to say, when I was a kid, I had literally no idea what was going on. Same. Sure. I, Same. Yep. I assumed she had a stomach ache yeah. or something and that the doctor was going to give her some kind of – maybe her gallbladder exploded. I don't know. I didn't uh, know yeah, it was I thought that. She just- you know. Some kind mm-hmm. of a disease, you know, because they yeah. only ever say like she's in trouble. Who's re- who's who's responsible for her? Yeah. You know, they say that '60s kind of language. Yeah. So us as kids, yeah, I was just like, she must be sick. Yeah, must be sick. <laughs> she's really she doesn't want to miss work, and that yeah. is the biggest, yeah. you know, the biggest deal. Uh. So the whole like convoluted plot point is that she has to get this quickie abortion the doctor is only available on thursday but they have a big show on thursday at another resort and if they don't do that show then she can't miss it they're gonna lose their contract for next year they're gonna lose their contract at that resort they're gonna lose all this money so they have to 
perform and she has to get her quickie abortion on the same day. So what are we going to do? And baby's like, I'll do it. And this is the whole, like, sets everything in motion moving forward. Right. I don't know that I would be able to learn this dance in and they assume a lot about her <laughs> talent because this is the thing yes. that I was like, really? I mean, so Billy, who is the cousin, Johnny, Johnny Castle's cousin, um, mm-hmm. who, by the way, is hot as hell. I'm like, can we yes. see yeah, a little bit cute. more of him? Yeah. Um, he like she also baby offers to do it. And Billy backs it up 100 percent. He's like, well. <laughs> It's not a terrible idea. She can move. I'm like, she can what move. made you think that she could move? Can't she? You know? Is that that <laughs> yeah. one awkward dance that she did? Like, that looked like shit. I don't know. The I, first I, night, I wouldn't yeah. have been like, yes, she can perform at a professional dancer's level uh, for this professional dancer at another hotel. Yeah. So, to me, I was always like, wow, they are putting a lot. This like all the chips are are all in with this girl. Yeah, totally. you know. Yeah, I think it had to be just from that one, like two minute, like one song, like mm-hmm. lap dance that Johnny was just like, "Come over here, I'm going to show you this move," and like, yeah, they just kind of like swayed side to side, and he was like freaking on her, <laughs> and that was it. I mean, I feel like we're also uh, glossing past that baby just gets two hundred dollars for the abortion from her dad. Yeah. Could right. you have done that also, at like the that. age of eighteen? Just go <laughs> borrow money for your parents for your for your not even a friend an acquaintance's abortion. <laughs> there, first of all, the dad was like absolutely sure, like no problem. Yeah, yeah, you know? no questions. He was just like, "What's it for?" She's like, "I can't tell you. I love you." Okay. Sure. Are yeah. you joking? If I went now in twenty twenty one, if I went into the other room and asked my mom and dad for two hundred bucks, they'd be like. What? Yeah. And like, yeah. Y- 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 I'm not going to even tell you. I'll just be like, I can't tell you. And they'll be like, absolutely not. Get out of here. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, and also $200 in 1962 or whatever. Oh, like, oh, she might as well be asking for a grand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, first, but first baby goes to the, the gross uh, waiter that knocks her up. And, you know, you talked about a little bit about the class struggle within this movie. And it's very interesting because, you know, baby and her family are, you know, they're guests of this resort. And so obviously the father's a a doctor, he's a surgeon. Mm -hmm. They're well off enough to be able to pay for this all inclusive activity. Then there's like the staff of the dancers who are like way at the bottom, Mm -hmm. but in the middle are like the wait staff because that gross waiter is like going to Yale or something. Yeah, he kept he kept saying like, "What's the that classic Johnny Castle letter?" Is like, "Keep putting your pickle on everyone's plate, college boy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which made me wonder. I was like, "Oh, there seems to be almost this kind of like weird caste system at this resort where, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a waiter, you're probably like a like a guy that's professional or move, you know, and then yeah. it, like if you're a greasy." rockabilly guy you're yeah. carrying watermelons and you know <laughs> um teaching people dance moves and so that yeah that to me is super interesting about yeah you know the differences mm-hmm. um yeah so she she goes up to you know to the waiter and baby is like trying to convince him like hey you need to pay for this mm-hmm. so baby's kind of given this um i don't know is she a mary sue 
<laughs> she's trying to solve everybody's problems. Yeah. And that's when he's just like, some people count and some people don't. And hands her the fountainhead. Mm. Like, oh my god. Which again, as a child, no idea. Zero <laughs> like Yeah. Okay, he's giving her a book. Yeah. Just telling her to bone up on her <laughs> on her summer reading. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, at, at that point, baby goes to her father, who just blindly says, yeah. Sure, take this money. It's interesting the scene when she does go to them and is like, hey, I, I got this money for you. And Penny kind of turns it down initially. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Because I'm kind of thinking, like, from their point of view is, like, she's a guest here. She shouldn't be hanging out with us. She's this rich kid. Like, we're here working, trying to, you know, make a buck and, you know, provide for the next year, the off season, because Johnny talks about – Eating jujubes, you know, in the off season because he's so poor. I know. And all of that. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'd be like, yeah, I need it, but okay, maybe I'd question it and then grab the money. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thanks, kid. Cause, yeah. Because at first, Johnny's like, oh, where'd you get that? Your daddy. But then when Penny says no, he's like, dude, no, take it. Yeah. He's basically so, like, mm-hmm. That's a very interesting moment for me is when he's basically like, what are you nuts? Don't turn this money down. Um, Which means that he sort of is like not caring about where it comes from, Um, which is an interesting component to his character. Because after a while, you find out a little bit more about sort of like what he's been doing at the resort with all these other women. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, the idea that he kind of, um, you know, he's always like, establishing this idea that these are like working class people and that, you know, they aren't the guests. They are like the guests are, have all the, you know, uh, privileges in the world. And their parents are obviously like doctors and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're basically like always saying like, we're the poor kids and, you know, we have to like keep ourselves away from them because the other people are, you know, it's a very like, interesting kind of dynamic like a worker you know sort of thing almost you know yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um but i mean the real the real reason we all watched this was like the montage of her like learning this thing. oh yeah oh. so good <laughs> hungry eyes um, am i right hungry eyes yeah uh, i've been listening to it on repeat the entire week <laughs> it's a magical song I, I yes love it. written by the same songwriters who wrote Time of Your Life. Oh, Interesting. Per- that makes complete yeah. sense. Um, and did they write Up Where We Belong from Officer and a Gentleman? I be- Wait, or did Diane Warren write that? Oh, I don't remember. It's just because Jennifer Warren's who sings uh, the female lead in Time of Time of Your Life or whatever. Yeah. She also sang on... Sure. Um, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Up Where We Belong. Um... The, I swear to you, like, I will be 90 years old if I make it that to that age. <laughs> Every time it goes from the gagunk part where he's basically doing the whole shit where he's just like, it's a feeling. It's a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, that crap. Yeah, and then yep. it slowly starts into the song. Like, it's like the gagunk part goes right into Hungry Eyes. I yep. flip out. Not on the one. It's not the mambo. It's a feeling. 
A heartbeat. Like my heart doesn't so flip, and it will be. I will always do this for the rest of my life. Every time I see this movie, I mean, again, I've seen it thirty or more times, and it yeah. just because then I know what's happening because it, then it yes. goes to the montage. Yeah, absolutely. That is that's. There's some really good stuff there with the mm-hmm. uh, you know with the sound, uh, putting time of your life like into the score like a piano yeah. like piano <laughs> yeah <laughs> or reprise yeah. or whatever it's called yes. interlude or whatever yeah 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 absolutely I love that but yeah all that stuff when they're you know he's like trying to teach her the moves and he's just like this bad boy you know dance instructor. There's some there's some really good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I also love the little tidbit. I'm sure, like, everybody knows this. But those scenes where he's behind her, she's in front, and he's doing the thing with the, with the hand yeah. from, like, the poster, and she keeps laughing. Yeah. And he's getting all pissed. And how that's, like, that's, like, real. Yeah. And they were just like, mm-hmm. all right, it's going in. <laughs> yeah, and after learning that it was real, like when you see that, like when you see his face, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah. you know, like oh, I, looking off. I hate this movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> of her trying to do the the lift, and you can kind of tell on Patrick Swayze's face that he's getting really annoyed. Uh, yeah, that she's not doing it. So good. The, my favorite part is the part where it's the three of them. Where basically oh, it's, yes. it's it's the whole like locking in the frame thing where like Baby mm-hmm. and Johnny have their and then like Penny's behind. I mean, yep. I am like great magic yeah. movie magic. Yes, absolutely. So. And like and Penny and like the dance like rehearsal numbers. Mm-hmm. You know the like leotards and like all this stuff. Oh my goodness, I can't stop looking at her. I also like with Penny's character that it never goes into jealous partner or girlfriend territory. I like that they're both supporting each other. I'm always a huge sucker for that in movies. Me too. Are, are like women there for each other, and Penny like wants to see Baby succeed. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming if they get paid for this dance thing, that Penny's probably getting a cut. Sure. Yeah. But okay. So my question is, my big question is, the whole thing is, the doctor. He can only see her on Thursday, so it's got to be Thursday, and Thursday is is the dance at the other club, right? Mm-hmm. So which Thursday? Next Thursday? Two so weeks. All two, two weeks two from Thursdays this Thursday? Because all that whole montage. Was that like a long weekend? Like, oh God, if to me, I days? it was a little TBD because I was like, it it seemed like there were multiple setups, so there basically were oh, yeah. multiple mm-hmm. uh, training sessions. Now, yeah. if they're you know he he does the whole like everybody works around here type of speech to her, I'm like, okay, so honestly, is this happening? Do they hammer it out in a weekend like you suggested? Yeah. Or is this like two months later? Like, what's <laughs> what's happening? Um, yeah, who knows? Because yeah, because the whole thing is that Penny's got to go see this 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 quack, you mm-hmm. know. And then this is like the big thing. They they finally go. I I do love the the final performance because it's like all this practice, 
all this like drama, and then it's like spotlight in her face, and she freezes. Yeah. <laughs> She does that thing where she's like doing her thumbs. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. mm-hmm. She yeah. couldn't. She couldn't do the lift, so she just like does the hand jive from Greece yeah. instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The audience—they cut to the audience, and they're eating they don't it care. up. You know, they're eating it up. I, you just see a flourish of that skirt, and they just applause break. You know, if I was on a, a cruise like um, club. In, in the Catskills, and I saw the two of them, I'd think that they were fantastic. I'd be like, I don't know. Oh, Was sure. that technically supposed to happen? Who knows? Right? Who knows? Because Patrick Swayze's so good. Like, yeah. he's yeah. good and professional, obviously. So you're like, oh, okay, they must be pros. Maybe it's this girl's first day. Yeah. Um, I love when they're driving back and she's changing in the back of the car and he kind of like sneaks yeah. in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, uh oh. <laughs> the car, which continuity, he broke that back window. With that post. And that hole in the back window stays there the whole time. I was like, all right. Good for that. Good job. <laughs> I always die when they're going out to the fallen tree. And you see, obviously, they didn't have Jennifer that day on set. And you see a stand-in with a giant wig in, in the, the back car. of the car. Have you ever seen that shot? No. Oh, what? my God. <laughs> they're driving out to the tree. And you can see there's a woman that's... Being Jennifer Standen, and she has this gigantic frizzy wig. It's like a Roseanne, Rosanna Dana, like <gasps> yeah, Yoda Radner. Oh my god! It's out to her shoulders. <laughs> Look I for think, it. We'll post a photo of it on Instagram. I feel like you just told me like a three men and a baby thing. Like I'm the like ghost. this is I've never seen this. This is amazing. And it's quite and it's quite clearly the stand-in. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Amazing. It's gu- yeah, it's fully guilt Gilda Radner like. <laughs> giant hair out to her shoulders it's so funny um but yeah the i i love the the actual dance performance at the club but yeah when we get back it's like penny is on her deathbed oh yeah like this is some like bad shit and so so now after baby has asked for this mysterious 250 dollars, and the dad was just like sure she goes and wakes him up in the middle of the night and she doesn't even like pause like she just bolts out of the cabin and goes yeah she doesn't and goes to her parents room like i'm gonna go get my dad she just leaves and again the dad's just like what's the matter is your sister okay like are you okay and she's like yeah we're fine you just gotta come with me he's like sure and she grabs that old 50s like leather medical bag Mm -hmm. and like takes off now, the dad, I mean, yeah, he's like, you know, it's it's the middle of the 20th century. He's a, he's a surgeon. He has certain ideas of like, I don't know. He's just like, who's responsible for this girl? And when Johnny's just like, I mean, I guess it's me. Everybody has this like honor code there. Yes. Like Johnny was never going to be like, because what's he going to say? Like, well... Like, I'm her best friend. He can't explain the whole story. But somebody else knocked her up. Yeah. 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 I, although, it is that thing where I'm like, maybe you should have, though. Because it <laughs> mm-hmm. would have cleared up a lot, a lot for you yeah. later. You know, I mean, at the same time, I would have been like, well, I'm responsible for her in the sense that I take care of her. But I certainly didn't do this. This isn't yeah. my thing. In yeah. fact, the guy who did it is the fountainhead guy. Go after him. <laughs> Your waiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was assuming, because I have actually 
been on uh, a cruise or two mm-hmm. with my family. Not like long week or month long cruises. Just like the turnaround four day cruises. Going to Catalina. Going to Catalina. Going to you know Baja. Yeah. Whatever. And in that situation, you get like the one waiter who's your waiter the whole time, yep. and they're supposed to like remember your name and all that, and remember your order and all that, so they get a big tip. So I'm assuming it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. With the situation. Absolutely. And of course, there's probably this sort of like weird nepotism of, you know, like, oh, the waiters are like, you know, they, it's like a fast track to whatever is happening in the city. Um, Because obviously, like with the Kellermans, it seems kind of like a family. I mean, it's almost like what, you know, Max Kellerman, I think that's his name, the Mm -hmm. older guy. Who runs it? He seems to know everybody, and he's like, you know, his doctor, like baby's dad is his doctor. So it feels like yep. you're on a fast track by being a waiter there. Yeah, um, just making lots of connections. Yeah, and it's so funny that you mentioned about being on a cruise because I, that was the one thing too that that I I went on this cruise once when I was in high school, and I went mm-hmm. on um, it was a it was a chorus trip. I was in chorus when I was in high school, Ooh. and I uh, we went to perform on like it was a real shitball like Bahamas you know small boat <laughs> yeah. not not any not even like a, a a cruise line that anybody would know like a carnival. Sure, even. it was like real shitball like three day <laughs> cruise, and there was. Two or three of my friends that were in chorus, we were kind of like, I don't know if we were the bad kids. It felt like we were. Um, (laughs) We heard that there was a staff disco, like, on the boat. And there usually is. There's usually, like, an entire level of the boat where it's just, like, where the staff hang out. And and they all, like, have romances with each other. It feels very much like this. Oh, yeah. Um, And we actually got to go in it. And Ooh. yeah, basically, I mean, they would never allow this on like another boat, but basically like on our shitball cruise, they were basically like, oh yeah, these teenagers want to come to this, <laughs> to the staff disco. And we went and it was like, you know, basically a bunch of like Europeans, <laughs> it was like a bunch yeah. of Swedish girls and guys from yeah. Germany and stuff. And it was like that, it felt like a European disco. Um, and that's, that's about the, even better. I know, and that's about the closest mm-hmm. that I ever felt to the the Kellerman's vibe of like what's behind yeah. the 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 curtains. You know what I mean? Were they dirty dancing? No, <laughs> no, no, not really. I, and that would have blown my mind if they were. But right. I can only. <laughs> but um, is it after? This like emotional evening of like Penny being kind of like brought back from death's door, that baby and and Johnny finally like finally do it. Yeah, is it this night? So I think it's interesting that there isn't a big deal made about them. I mean, having sex like you don't see like a big like I'm about to lose my virginity. Baby just does it. So it makes me kind of wonder like. Was Baby a Virgin going there? You don't really know. Mm-mm. Like, the movie doesn't make a big deal of it, which I think is really interesting. Well, also because they specifically do make a big deal of it with her sister. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the sister's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out with, you know, the waiter. Like, I'm, tonight's the night. And like, so the sister's like making this huge deal, but Baby and Johnny just do it. And it's not like, but I mean, maybe the sister is a little bit more of a square. I guess yeah. a little bit more of like 
rule follower and all that. So that's her being like a bad girl. So maybe that's just to contrast the two of them. Mm-hmm. But there was this moment where I did say like, Baby has suddenly got the courage to like she goes to his his little cabin or whatever. Yeah. And oh my gosh, his his solo his cabin that he lives at by himself. Oh, a man's cabin, like <laughs> the man's cabin, um, where he was sitting around with black dance pants, no shirt mm-hmm. on, no shirt. Um, th- he they absolutely needed to show his chest the entire movie. Like they as definitely they knew could, what yeah. they were doing there. And she just kind of comes in and starts like you know basically doing the whole thing. I'm never gonna. I, I, I'm never gonna feel the way I feel when I'm with you my entire life or whatever. And then she's like, "Will you dance with me?" Type of stuff. And I'm like, she went from zero to a hundred with this confidence. Like she was really meek. At and now suddenly, she's she's yeah. gone. You know. Yeah, it's true. It was a heavy night, man. There was a lot of shit. Yeah. A lot of shit went down. She like danced on stage. She like saved a girl's life. Like she's scared of what she saw. She's scared of who yeah. she is. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I feel like this, like the ideas in this movie too, for me as a kid, I think a lot of it was like Johnny and Penny and Billy and the staff were like the cool kids and baby's the outsider, yeah. you know, and her getting to break in, even facing resistance from them at first and then actually becoming part of the group and Penny being very resistant to her at first and then Penny coming around and liking her, you know, even more so than Johnny. I feel like, I feel like Penny's kind of like affirmation to me is the one that I'm like, well, I want her to like me more. That's something that as a kid, I was really like latching onto that idea of the cool, edgy group accepting me as like this nerdy outsider or square or whatever. And we can all relate to that in high school when you want to be friends with the cool group. I think that's the thing that, that really got me, you know, got me in. I like to think that I'm the baby, but I'm probably just the Lisa. (laughs) I'm probably the sister. (laughs) No way. The sister's so mean. (laughs) Doing like her little, like hula dance for the talent show. I... Again, questions abound uh, the talent show. What, we don't see the sister perform her actual song, but we do get to see her sing in, like, the staff's farewell song. Why sure. is the sister singing with all the waiters and Max <laughs> Kellerman and the weird Jackie O lookalike lady? <laughs> that doesn't make no kind of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, and then it was like, who else is in the talent show besides Lisa? I don't know if I ever yeah. saw. And there, oh, I'm sorry, there was uh, Newman from Seinfeld. Yes, yeah, but I feel like Newman worked there. Yeah, Newman's Wasn't like right? Newman's yeah. like an announcer. Yeah, Newman was. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was like calling the yeah the activities throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, we should talk a little bit about Johnny. You know, getting getting fired in this and this subplot with the old couple. Oh yeah, the, the kleptomaniac. <laughs> Old couple. I can't with the kleptomaniac old couple. Like, it's so weird. This woman is like 95 years old. Nick and wallets. Stealing wallets. Left and right. They, like, poor Johnny Castle getting set up left and right. His character yeah. assassinated left and right. 
by you. you know this fountainhead waiter, these this klepto mm-hmm. old couple, and you know it was just that thing where like they made a fortune. Apparently, they were stealing people's yeah. wallets, um, and they looked like they were on the brink of death. I'm just saying, yeah. like imp- they impressive were at their age. To be what are they going to do with all Mrs. this money? Schumacher, the, this actress was born in 1897. Holy shit. She died in 94 at the age of 96. <laughs> oh, my god! I mean, if you can if you can be a elderly grifter, if you can do yeah. it at that age, God bless More you. More power to you. Yeah. Um, there's also the Vivian Pressman, who is the very, like, oversexed cha-cha lady. Who is slipping diamonds into Johnny's pockets? <laughs> okay. Does he mean actual diamonds? <laughs> I got a legit question. Okay. <laughs> Who have you ever been paid in diamonds for anything? <laughs> or any kind of jewel or no, I mean, no, not not recently. <laughs> I kind of wish I was though. I, I'm like, I guess the the move is that you get paid in diamonds and then you take it to a diamond person yeah. to have it appraised and and then sell it to a, di- sell a jewelry it. shop or i don't know who buys sure. pawn shop uh, pa- yeah I've, I've, maybe a jeweler would just buy a, a, a loose diamond that someone paid you <laughs> I, I just it just seems like if you're gonna pay like i'd rather you might as well give me a sack of pennies i'd rather just deal right. with that than yeah. deal with a diamond that i need to go get the appraised. leg work you know. Yeah, the legwork that's involved now Give with these break. with the loose diamonds, <laughs> let alone in a in a giant like neck piece or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. A tennis bracelet, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> also, Vivian Vivian Pressman is the kind of woman who calls people lover, lover. Oh yeah. no, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, she looks great. She's got, like, this updo. She's, like, this black, black hair. Like, she looks awesome. Yeah. The husband... Okay, so Vivian's whole deal is that she is at Kellerman's all summer, and her husband only comes on the weekends Mm -hmm. because he works. Right. So I'm like, that's fascinating. Yes. So Monday through Friday, she's just, like, bone zoning, like, (laughs) waiters. The staff. The staff. (laughs) You know, doing her thing. Here, honey, here's some money for dance class. Then the husband <laughs> yep. comes on Friday and gives her wads of cash mm-hmm. to just stuff in their pockets. And he fully calls over Johnny Castle and is like... Gives him a handful of cash. I'm playing high stakes yep. poker all weekend. Keep this broad off Treat her nice. Nuts. Like, take this money. I need you to bone my wife run. as much as possible. As much as so humanly possible. I can... Because I don't want to talk to her. (laughs) I don't want to deal with her. I don't look at her at all. And then Johnny, now that he's like been begging baby, she's over painting, you know, coconuts on the scenery. And he is just that stand up of a dude that he's just like, sorry, I can't. So at this point, when he says, I can't even teach her lessons because I'm all booked up. So now this is pretty much affirming that like. He's been like gigoloing on the side. Yes, he's been the American all, all summer, the Kellerman's yeah. gigolo, if you will. <laughs> um, and, uh. and and there was a there was a moment where he kind of defends himself to Baby, where yeah. he's basically like, "Well, you know, if if you're eating juju beads, 
mm-hmm. you know, and these people are stuffing diamonds in your pockets. Like <laughs> you would, you would do a little bit, do it too, you know, whatever. Basically yeah. he's, he's justifying his, I mean, I guess it's sex work. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But he does have that moment where he's like, well, they obviously care about me or something. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, not that much because the minute he turns her down, she's she off is- to, <laughs> to the fountainhead. <laughs> Moments later. She was like, this boy's going to Yale. <laughs> I better get in there right now. Yep. Yep. I love the, the like archetype of the, the nymphomaniac housewife. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Oh God! Oh. <laughs> I love it too. So you know, so this sets up the whole situation where wallets are missing. You know, Mister Pressman, like he had a wad of cash go missing out of his jacket. Baby comes clean of that. Johnny was with me. I think. Yeah, she overshared. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. She could have come up with something in the heat of the moment. Like, I just know. Like, I've been hanging it's out like with them. like we were so. out playing golf or something. I don't know. Yeah, or I was taking just... dance lessons from him. Dance lessons. Sure. That's exactly. it. <laughs> but she gives up the ghost real quick. And that dad and, uh, is oh my goodness. bummed the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. He cannot. Yeah. He, ha- he has to go to the lake and sit by himself. Looking Pensive. out on the lake because he's so bummed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they have this moment where she's just like, sorry, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> she's, you know, she's just like, hey, it happened. Like, I mean, I guess she's of age. It seems like she's graduated high school she's probably you know uh, an adult but mm-hmm. i guess in the early 60s that's not something that you want to hear from your un- unwed daughter but just the idea that he is so bummed the fuck out because yeah she asked him for $200 to help out this girl yeah you know and i mean i suppose he still thinks that johnny castle was the um you know he's going around impregnating everyone or something yeah yeah um but he should also divorce that from the idea that she was just helping some woman that he seems to be fond of he seems to be like very nice yeah. to penny yeah so and penny was just like your dad was just here yeah yeah he's following yeah he's, follow he's up following visits. up mhm <laughs> yeah yeah and when they see each other out in you know in public yeah they're he's very pleasant with her following up so yeah yeah interesting dynamic with the dad and and uh giving her the silent treatment i was like it could actually be worse dude like she could yeah. be asking for the money for her own this is abortion, true yep but she was yeah. just helping somebody which i don't feel like is a betrayal of this whatever no. you thought your daughter was but anyway mm-hmm. different time i get it i get yeah. it you know <laughs> yeah we have to get ourselves into the third act of this movie so i guess that's sort of progressive that sort of progresses us to the talent show yeah i mean well johnny's straight up fired yeah Mm -hmm. because you know they pin the whole you know wallet situation on him but you know when baby says he didn't do it they you know they figure it out that it's the old couple they take fingerprints off the glass yeah how do you think they managed that in the early (laughs) 60s (laughs) 
<laughs> Big yeah, duster. He fingerprints. Yeah. I don't know about that. But they end up firing him anyway because Baby, you know, lets, lets the cat out of the bag yeah. that they've been having this, this romance, which is forbidden. So I guess the whole thing at the at the talent show is that guests can perform in it, the staff have a big farewell, and then at the very end, you know, historically, Johnny Castle has the last dance at the mm-hmm. talent show. But he's gone now. He's not going to be able to do it. I mean, straight up barges in and is just like, hey, I know I was fired. <laughs> and you have every right to physically remove me right now. <laughs> He's got to come after baby. <laughs> but, I mean, this is where we get the yeah. the, uh, the the famous line. The biggest line of the movie. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Is she in the corner? She's more sitting next to a beam. <laughs> <laughs> it's like supporting the ceiling. <laughs> Don't put baby near a supportive piece of wood <laughs> a, that's holding up the roof of this structure to code. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that line doesn't flow off the tongue. <laughs> but I love when he, you know, this whole symbolic gesture of like, because b- before this, Johnny goes to baby's dad to kind of apologize mm-hmm. and to kind of say like, thank you for what you've done. I'm sorry for everything that happened this summer, but you know, I don't know what he's there to say, but Jerry Orbach just like interrupts him and is just like, nope, you don't get to talk. Like, you don't even get to apologize. Get the hell out of here. Kicks mm-hmm. him out. So, this is, you know, so this is Johnny's big, like, kind of moment. So, he grabs baby, takes her up onto the stage, leaves her in the middle of the stage. <laughs> and then that's when he's like, I've come back from the future. I've got this single. Uh, <laughs> I hope you've got a tape deck. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, I have a 45. Um, okay. This is so wild. Like, there's so much going on here because oh. we, you know, it starts off time of our time of, I always forget if it's time of our life or my life. I've had your life. comma or like in, Parenth- in parentheses, I've had in parentheses, the time of my life. All right. The time of my life. Yep. So this is they do the big performance from the other the other hotel. Yes. And this time she's kicking ass. Oh yeah. This time she's in it. She's she's feeling the music. Those Confident. reaction shots. Yeah. Those reaction shots of Jennifer on the stage are so good. Uh, she's <laughs> when the adorable. camera like looks right down to her. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, so they're doing the whole thing. When he jumps off the stage <laughs> onto the main floor. He does this thing. I believe it's right before he, literally right before he jumps off the stage. Does he like do this little hand kiss or like a, like some kind of kiss? I want to say it's either a nose or a hand kiss, or basically he does this like quick little thing before he jumps off the stage uh, where I think he like lands a kiss somewhere on baby. And it is so sweet (laughs) that I, tear up literally every time I see it. Oh. Again, have seen this movie 30 times. And I'm just like, that moment, I don't know if that was in the script, but if yeah. it wasn't, then it r- confirms everything that I've ever thought secretly about Jennifer Grey <laughs> and Patrick Swayze, which is that they were actually in love with each other. 
Right. And they didn't hate yeah. each other. I mean, yep. no, yeah. There's the chemistry is real yes. in this movie. Yeah, so good. Um, so when he t- when he jumps off and does this big jump with the knee in the air and lands on the ground and starts like writhing all over the place, this is when the rest of the dancers join him, and that's when we get the girl with the Pat Benatar <laughs> yes. haircut. Ah, <laughs> uh, Liza Grace, the Liza hair. Uh, and they're all like dancing in step towards the, the stage. The greatest, oh simply the greatest part of the movie <laughs> is when they're coming yeah. down the aisle and that yeah. girl is putting that stank on it. And like the she- entire, <laughs> you know, all the dancers somehow think like this is the last dance, which they figured out. Okay. Cause this is mm-hmm. another part where I'm kind of like, all right, Johnny Castle presumably was not there to teach them mm-hmm. the final dance. Right. And somehow it weaves in his dance with baby from the Sheldrake, which none of the other staff knew. So how did this all come together is what I want to know. They're all that good. (laughs) They've all know each other. Mm -hmm. They're just in sync with these dance movements. It's just a little quick shuffle ball change down the aisle. Like (laughs) they all are just dancing machines. That's my favorite. My absolute favorite part of the movie. Ever, I swear yeah. to God, ever, my favorite part of the movie is when they come down that aisle. Yeah, so good. Towards Baby, <laughs> who's still on the stage, right? This is where we get the good reaction shot of Jennifer. Yeah. yeah. And now, yeah. But now she's just standing on the stage alone. <laughs> but, I mean, everybody is just with their, you know, turned around now with their backs to her because they're watching, you know, Liza Hare <laughs> and Johnny just, like, killing it, stomping down this runway. <laughs> <laughs> So the the guys go up, grab Jennifer like by the arms, and do this cool like thing mm-hmm. where they bring her down. She runs and does the lift. Ugh. They do the lift. <laughs> they do it. Which it's a good it's a good lift. I'm sure it's I could never in my life so, ever pick up a person. So like we were that. discussing on our girls just want to have fun episode that SJP does the dirty dancing lift. Like two years before in that movie, and it's kind of a throwaway. Oh yeah! And I, not only do they do the lift in that movie, I think he like walks around with her. Yeah, yeah. Like in that position, I think he takes steps and like turns. Patrick Swayze just—I mean, granted, again, I could never in my life. But, yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying, we've watched enough Dancing with the Stars to know that he could like spin her and drop her and like do some crazy stuff. Well, because that's the part, this is the thing that happens after the lift is that the song is not even halfway done. Nope. Not and at their all. performance not is done effectively because there's no, and then it just turns into like, she did the lift that he slowly brings her down and then everybody yeah. starts talking early. I don't understand like what. Pulling people out of the crowd. Everybody start just... starts, everybody Starts yeah. to join in. Yeah. yeah. But then people do start having weird conversations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's apologizing to each other for the shit that they yeah. pulled. Uh, you know, I was just, it was just that thing where I was like, okay, well, they did the lift, but then everyone is like, all right, we're done here. Songs, let's just yeah. keep the song on so that people can dance if they want to. But- and then in the like wildest, most like, I don't know, it's like kind of meta bit. Johnny starts like mouthing the words to time of my life. Yeah. And I'm just like, how, well, where would he have heard this song? And it sort of, it recalls the scene 
previously when they're practicing, <laughs> that when they're lip syncing to the words. Well, but they're doing the yeah. Uh, I want to say like Mickey and Mallory. That's not Mickey. Sylvia and Mickey. Uh, Sylvia and Mickey. Yeah. yeah, love is strange. Is that love is strange. How do you call mm-hmm. your lover boy? Um, oh my god! When I was um, in okay, so when this movie came out, this was actually maybe like the year after it came out. I was riding the bus. I think I was like in fifth or sixth grade, and. Mm. They used to sing the songs, like all the all the girls. I don't think any of the guys participated in this. No. Who knows? <laughs> but I remember all the girls on the bus used to sing the song, and I remember like the girls on my bus singing "Love Is Strange," <laughs> and it would be like half the bus going Sylvia, and the other one going Yes, Mickey. How do you call you a lover boy? Come in, lover boy. And it was just a thing where I was like, How did this happen? Like, how does everybody now know this song? And they they know how to sing it. With the, the double parts. So, yeah. So, the soundtrack, man. I had that tape. I had the tape of the sound. Not only did I have the tape of the soundtrack, I had a single of She's Like the Wind. Oh, yeah. That I bought with my own money. Um, I feel like this. I feel like the B side of this She's Like the Wind single might have been Mickey and That's Silver. probably why all those kids yeah. knew it. That might yeah, be why. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, this, it was, this soundtrack. To this day, one of my favorite soundtracks from a movie. And, you know, going back to the fact that this movie was super, super independent, where the hell does they get the licensing money? I mean, you do licensing for TCM. Like, where do they get the cash to shell out for some of those songs? Hard to say. Especially how it opens. Hard to say. I mean, honestly, I mean, to me... Everybody uses Be My Baby by the Ronettes now. Like, you know, it's like in Scorsese movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I mean, they they must have cleared a bunch of stuff um, beforehand because that it it is that thing where every except for the newer stuff, the most of the stuff is like you're hearing like really like Hey Baby, that Hey Baby song. Mm -hmm. Um even like the contour song, the first, the the song, Do You Love Me Now That I Can Dance or whatever. I mean, yeah. this was all like, you know, I would assume pretty, pretty expensive. So yeah. don't know where they got the cash, especially if you, like you said, it was independent. So yeah. And I think, and I know that the writer said that the songs were like, if they couldn't get the songs, that was a deal breaker. Oh yeah. For, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, she's she's she strikes me as the type of person that like wrote specific song cues into the into yeah. the screenplay. Um, but yeah, I definitely had the we had the soundtrack. I think the I think the tape the full soundtrack tape might have been my sister's, and that's why I bought. She's like the wind the single. The did single. did you also do you remember when they did more Dirty Dancing, which was like the second volume of yes, of of the soundtrack. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. I don't feel no. like. Yeah. That's <laughs> they, amazing. They do not do that. Ugh. Because yeah, there were songs that weren't even on and the soundtrack was full. It was like, you know, Chock full full length album and there were still songs that were not on it. So they had to do more to do dancing. Yeah. Do you remember for the 10th anniversary? Kona- <laughs> they did a, a theatrical re-release yep. of Dirty Dancing. And do you remember the whole Conan O'Brien like promotion oh sure yeah i remember this no what so it started out as a bit on conan that like it's the 10 year anniversary of dirty dancing so this would have been like it's summer in 97 yeah well well before they actually did it so he's like next year is going to be the 10 year anniversary of dirty dancing and you know we need 
to have this movie re-released. And it was a bit on the show. And he kind of, I think he started like a letter writing campaign. <laughs> For like, he's like, nobody talks about this movie. It's like all but forgotten. And Dirty Dancing is an American classic. And we need to get this back in theaters for its 10th anniversary. And then it worked. (gasps) Here's a copy of today's Variety. The studio sent it over with this little post-it note attached to it. It says, you win. And look at this. Look at the headline on this huge story on the front page. I'll read to you. Comics Obsession lands dirty pick on big screen. Now listen to this. Listen to this. It says, live entertainment announced Friday. It will re-release the Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey, Starwer, Dirty Dancing on August 22nd. And I think, like, the Conan O'Brien, like, the bits on the show, like, actually, like, turned got the ball started it got the ball rolling to actually get get the, 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 the re-release, re-release. Happen so in 97 <laughs> we have conan o'brien to thank because i yeah, went to definitely. it i went to it and the 25th i went to the 25th oh, okay That's um, awesome. which I, yeah that because that wasn't that too long ago right that was 97 yeah did um yeah. did tcm do their thing where they released it in like amc's you know, I don't know. Where they show movies every month? I, that's yeah, the maybe they did. Out. It's been a while since I've. Yeah, it would have been 2012, I think. Yeah, for the 25th. Yeah, but I it, listen. Any, any, you could like dust off an old print and say it's like National Watermelon Day or something. <laughs> I don't know, like or whatever National Cha Cha Lessons Day, and I yeah. will pay, you know, a premium VIP price to see it in a yeah. movie theater. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I've ever seen this in the movie theater. I know I didn't the first run, and I don't Mm -hmm. believe that I did for the 10-year anniversary. So So we were trying to find the uh, canceled 1988 series with Melora Hardin somewhere on the internet, and we couldn't find it. Really? They they did 11 episodes of it. I don't remember it. Do you remember it? I remember when it came out, but I I never saw it. Never saw sure. one. Paul yeah, Feig's right? in it. Yeah. We love Paul Feig. Yeah, we've we found the uh, intro, like the opening theme of it on YouTube. And um, so Melora Hardin, who played Jan on The Office, she is baby. Um, I'm not sure of the actor uh, Patrick played, Cassidy. Patrick Cassidy, who plays Johnny Castle, mm. and it, uh, you know Paul Feig is in it. And from the opening credits, it seems like. He is like either he works at Kellerman's or is like a comedian or something. He plays like a square okay. kind of character. But it's very interesting. Yeah, I'd be interested to to see it if possible. Then there was a weird like musical television movie in 2017 with in Abigail 2017. Breslin. Abigail Breslin. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Was it this one of those things they did for like NBC or whatever? It was like a live yes. or something? Yeah, it was for ABC. It wasn't, and it even wasn't quite a live. It was more like a made for TV movie. Wow. That was like yeah. a remake of the 1987 movie. But they did it as a musical. Yeah. They like wrote songs for it. Wow. Yeah. In that version, I look, I was doing some research on that. In that version, Deborah Messing plays the mother. And I'm like, they got Deborah Messing for three lines but i guess they expanded the role and like yeah and like the mom's like unhappy in the marriage and is like talking to divorce lawyers like a whole thing but 
there's a framing story in this movie that takes place in the 70s. Right. <laughs> and what? okay, Baby has written a book about her summers at Kellerman's. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. And Johnny has choreographed the Broadway stage musical based on her book. And they re- <laughs> And they reconnect at the at the opening. <laughs> And it's just like baby and Johnny just like, you never gave up on me, kid. And she's like, and you've made something of yourself. Yeah. That is it absolutely absurd. And the, <laughs> and the whole the whole movie has like twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh it's God. like I have to see it. I have to it see it. It has like a it has like an average of a three star rating on yeah. on IMDB. Oh my God. Yeah. I so I live this is this is our homework for this week. <laughs> Listen, I just found out, literally just found out that they made a sequel to Showgirls. And Oh, was, oh are you talking about Pennies from Heaven? Pennies from Heaven. <laughs> I did not familiar. know this. Yeah. I've actually have never seen it. I remember when it was coming out. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. my God. Speaking, yeah, I, I so listen, if you've given me this information, I love I love a ten percent or twelve percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. So I will be I will be watching it somehow. Yeah, look for it. It and, is on Amazon Prime. And we have not seen Dirty Dancing Havana Nights with Diego Luna. Diego, Diego Luna. Luna. Oh, Your boyfriend, Diego Luna. Oh, uh, I love him too. Uh, yep. I how, is the, how is that movie? It is mm, It is not, <laughs> not, not a one, I will say. Yeah. I mean, I really try to stick it out because of Diego because I think he's so attractive. But I'm yeah. more of a... Gael Garcia Bernal. See, I I, I told myself for many years I had to choose, and then I decided I'm not choosing. I love them. There both. you go. There you go. It's very like <laughs> it, it. It's a false choice. It is. Like what, I was uh, like, you, like what, like what Kamala Harris says. Yes, I am. Re, I am rewriting the book on who you have to pick between Itumama Tambien characters. Right. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's that thing where. I tried. It the story is so not great. Like the I think it's the yeah. girl story is kind of weird and I don't know, it's just not good. It's just not good. Ramala Gari, I forgot she was a, she had a moment yeah. in like the 2000s. Yeah. Sella Ward, John Slattery from Mad Men. Yep. Oh my god. I remember him. January, January Jones. Jones. Oh no. <laughs> is this like a, wow. a Mad Men prequel? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Ooh, Maya from The Lady Marmalade. <laughs> She's in there somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, as a, it's as a franchise, it seems like Dirty Dancing has kind of uh, sprung forth with several other properties. But I think this is the best one. People always yes. come back to the '87 movie because yeah. it's so good. Oh yeah, it's to me. Yeah. It like I, I hope that I'm, I'm not being like. Um, I'm overselling it, but it changed my life. It really did. Like I, I really, it was the romantic movie of my childhood. Like it was like everything for me. And I, you know, I would be, I would fall down the hole with so many, um, class based romance movies. I mean, I've seen them all. It's like the cutting edge, like whatever you got, (laughs) like if if there's somebody from the opposite sides of the tracks and Mm -hmm. somebody not, uh, I will, Always see that movie, like hundred oh, yeah. percent. 
We love us a pretty and pink narrative. Love it. And this is definitely the type of movie that we do on the show that there's not really gay subtext in this movie. But, I mean, it's just definitely that escapist that we can see our young gay selves being baby. Yeah. And being, like, swept away by Patrick Swayze if we were to go to, like, a... Like a summer getaway with our parents, and we and we'd like yeah. sneak away with with Patrick. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's it's, yeah, it's kind of like female gazy in a way. Like it is yeah. like yeah. so much is from the female perspective. I mean, you know, obviously with Eleanor Bergstein is. I'm sorry, I keep saying her name wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, being involved, you know, it's like her story to tell, basically. And so for me, it's like. That's why you see a lot of Swayze chest. A lot. That's why you see a lot of like. There's a part where like baby caresses his buns. Like he's his got this like yeah. a yep. buns caress, and I'm yeah. like, come on, this movie's for us, right? Like, yeah. That. I so. definitely took note of that buns caress last night. I was like, oh, this is. They are following that hand. Yes, they are. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, what a movie. And we also have to give a shout-out to this director. This is not the first movie that we've done by this director. It is directed by Emil... Ardolino. Ardolino. And he directed Sister Act. And we have done Sister Act on this show. Um, 17 Emmy Award nominations. He was a choreographer. He won an Oscar for Best Documentary. And um, he was openly gay, and he died of AIDS in the early 90s. And his last movie was Gypsy with Bette Midler. For TV? Wow. Was it a TV movie? The TV movie. Yep. Oh, so directed by an out gay man there at you the go. time. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, man. Dirty Dancing. It's on HBO Max. <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure our listeners have watched this movie several times. but um, I will yeah. watch it anytime it's on. Stops me in my yeah, tracks. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And just Patrick Swayze, what a fucking treasure. Ugh. Like, Ghost was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I probably watched Ghost a little more than Dirty Dancing. And we also didn't watch Point Break until this past year. Yeah. Like, we watched it in quarantine. We had never seen it. And it was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. I, did a, I did, like, a catch-up where... Um, I hadn't seen Roadhouse in forever, and so I decided to watch oh, Roadhouse yeah. and Point Break in the same night. Man, I mean, he did it all, man. He was so awesome. Like, yeah. like a type of actor that I feel like you don't really even see anymore, where yeah. he is kind of, yeah, he's, he's like masculine and feminine mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, kind of plays to both sides like he's like a guy's guy but then he's for us he's for women and gay men and for everybody else he can he can get up and drag in a movie like tu wong fu and it totally works exactly and i don't know and he became like this kind of um you know big sex symbol for for people which i always find fascinating especially like in the 90s the 80s and 90s um because he seemed a lot older like now it feels like um famous guys seem young to me and for mm-hmm. when i when mm-hmm. i remember when we were growing up he seemed like a grown man you know what i mean that's exactly he what was I saying that yesterday. to me last night he was yeah. 34 i think when he made this movie amazing yeah love him. yeah and yeah i mean i don't know that i could see somebody like kurt russell turning around and and doing to wong fu exactly and not making a joke out of it yeah you know um but yeah yeah so patrick swayze i mean that hair. We'll do more. Oh yeah, Love we have it. to do more. Uh, did you have? Did you have an IMDb game that you wanted? To play? Oh my gosh, yes. We didn't do it at the top of the show, but we'll do it now. So this is episode 100. 
So we're going to do something a little special. We're going to do a plot keyword game of some movies that we've done in our 100 episodes of the show. Okay. So I'm going to say... Like five keywords from movies that we've done, and I'll see if you guys can get them. These are IMDb keywords. Oh I'm scared. Yep. Okay, and we're going to have to figure out what movie these are relating to. Yep. Okay. Okay. 1980s. Okay. Disco. Abandoned building. Mural. Album art. It's an easy one. Xanadu. Album art? Xanadu. Yeah. Xanadu. Okay. Yep. With so, our episode of Darren. Were I supposed to Good. buzz in, or is it just anybody? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Just call you it can out. Just, okay. You, you can just call it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Or else we can go back and forth. Like, that one's for Millie. This one will be Okay. Fun. Sure. Okay. All right. This okay. one's for this you. This for me. Single mother. Mm-hmm. Polka dot dressed. Teenage angst. Mermaids. Mermaids. <laughs> you guys just did mermaids. Yeah. Too, on I saw what you did. Yeah. Complicated mother-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. It was great. Love seeing that movie. <laughs> yeah. Miss, Mrs. Flax. Just like we aspiring love, goals. We love Mrs. Flax. <laughs> Cha-cha moms. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right. So this one's, this one's for Millie. Yes. So, Die Hard Scenario, Blockbuster, Prostitute, Turtleneck Shirt, Atlantic Ocean, and Christmas Tree. What the hell? Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Turtleneck. Chris- Christmas Tree. Christmas you said Die Hard Situation? Die, hard's, die Hard Scenario. Die Hard Scenario. Oh, I know what it is. I want to say, okay, Turtleneck. Turtleneck. Mm-hmm. Is I it? Think there's a few. I think there's a few men that wear a turtleneck in this movie too. Oh shit! Because I was gonna say turtleneck. I was thinking like Fatal Attraction or something like that. But it's uh. um, is there a turtleneck? Now I'm thinking it's more uh, whatever. It's like a shoulder. There's a, some kind of sweater in uh, Fatal Attraction. Maybe that's not it. You said men, huh? Die Hard scenario. Oh, I think prostitutes a big one. There's a very famous <laughs> prostitute character in this movie. Oh shit! Um, oh my god! Oh my god! I think I'm stumped. You gotta tell me. What I know it. Is. Disaster movie. I know it. Early seventies. It's from the seventies. Academy Award nominee. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Poseidon Adventure. Okay, oh, okay Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I think they're going to like Greece or somewhere. Did it say Christmas tree? Christmas tree because they, they climb up climb the Christmas tree. Christmas tree. If you would have said Shelly Winter screaming, I would have gotten it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Shelly yeah. Winter's underwater. <laughs> uh, great episode of Jackie Beat. That was our that was our New Year's episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So this one this one's for Pete. Sure. Uh, beauty salon. Beauty salon. Title spoken by character. Sunbathing. Bare chested male. Margaritas and pool. Earth girls are easy. Earth girls are easy. Do you guys have margaritas on your planet? <laughs> <laughs> the title said by oh yeah, Gina Davis says I don't want you to think Earth girls are easy. Oh, she does say it. That's a yeah. fascinating. I would love to click on that on IMDb. That's fascinating. Yeah, the title said by character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so for you, Millie, okay. reference to Paula Abdul, champagne, spitting in someone's face, switchblade. Jealousy and nude swimming. Paula Abdul. <laughs> Paula Abdul. A reference to a Paula reference Abdul. to to Paula Abdul. There's also a reference to Janet Jackson and Suzanne. <laughs> Suzanne. Oh my God! Um, you didn't say the the decade, did you? Nineties. Um, Nineties. Uh, um, reference to Paula Abdul spitting in someone's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 
Switchblade, swimming pool. Sex in the swimming pool. Oh, no, uh, nude swimming, excuse nude me. Nude swimming. And also, I don't know if I said jealousy. Oh, showgirls? It is showgirls. Yes. <laughs> Our showgirls episode with, with Dan Renzi. Oh, yep. my God. Thank God I got that one. <laughs> That's our that's our number two uh, downloaded episode. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah that, that's about right. Okay, so I have one more for each of you. Okay. Okay, for you, Pete. Sure. Falling from height, nudity, knitting needle, low budget film, making out, and autumn. Halloween. Halloween, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, knitting needles. Yep. <laughs> and nudity. All right. Okay, so the last one for you, Millie. Identity Crisis, Record Collector, Reference to Don Knotts, Reference to Horoscope, and Sarcasm. It's got to be Ghost World. It's, it's Ghost World. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Reference to Don Knotts. To Don. <laughs> I just like Don Knotts. <laughs> yep. That's a great game. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. That was the first time we played that on our show. Yeah. Here. This might be a new feature. We'll probably do it more. Yeah, that was so much fun. We did a quiz the previous week on the movies of 1999, and I broke into uh, MTV Movie Award nominations, and it was fun. Uh, when we yeah, played that with Mike. That was a good time. That was a good time. I love it. Oh, Millie, thank you so much for coming back on our show. Oh, my God. Honestly, it's an honor to have been asked to come on your 100th episode, (laughs) the Dirty Dancing episode. I could not be more happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I remember first reaching out to you and being so excited that you actually replied. (laughs) And I feel like we've just just sort of become friends from it. And you know what's funny is that because of you, we have this big niche in Atlanta. Because it comes from you, it comes from Ben, just sort of, we have Mike Toscano, we have this whole uh, group of friends of the podcast from Atlanta, and we have, I think, you to thank for that. Well, I, honestly, you guys do such great things here. I mean, like, I I go on, you know, quite a few film podcasts on occasion, and this is literally my favorite one, because it's like, we have the same sensibilities, and it's like so fun to talk about these types of movies. And, you know, I'm, I'm so, like, impressed that you've got to 100 episodes. <laughs> I was telling you that earlier, that, like, it, doing a weekly podcast is, I know it's a lot of work, but we're yeah. so grateful for you guys. It's so fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, I Saw What You Did and where everybody can find you, social media, all that fun stuff. Sure. Yeah. So I do a, I do a film podcast, too. Um, it's called I Saw What You Did. I do it with my good friend, Daniel Henderson. And uh, we're on the Exactly Right Network. So um, you can find us on, like, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all that stuff. Um, we're you know Also, you know, if you are on Instagram, there is... Um, an Instagram for the for the podcast. I think it's I saw a pod. Um, we have kind of a great little active group. Like, you know, I, I wasn't sure what to do. I was like, I don't know, like a, a, an Instagram for a podcast. I don't know if people are doing that, but like people, you guys get a good response on yours, and we did too. Yeah. So I mean, it kind of it's kind of amazing. Um, and then yeah, I'm on Twitter, just you know, Millie DeCherco. I, I don't really post very much anymore, but yeah. I'm there. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's it. Really cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again so much. And we would love to have you on again in the future. Oh my God. I can't wait to be on your like 200th episode. Oh my God. (laughs) Another two years from now. Right. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> All right. Well, it's time uh, to bid you adieu. Until next time. Thank See you, you later. so much. Bye. Bye. Yay. And thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yay. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. I can't believe you have 100 in the can. Oh, goodness gracious. It feels like we've been doing the show forever, but it also just feels like yesterday. Yeah. I can't make up my mind. Seriously, it feels like we just started. But thank you so much, everybody, for listening. You guys are amazing listeners. Uh, Thank you so much. Keep following us on socials. Keep heading over to our Patreon. There's going to be... More extra special fun stuff up on there for our hundredth episode. Ever episodes run long, I am doing two cuts of the episodes. One that's longer for Patreon, and then one that's at more of a hour and a half, hour and forty five minute yeah length. Yes, indeed. So head over to our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. It's got tons of additional uh, material like extended episodes, watch with us commentary tracks, newsletters, all that fun stuff. So check it out. We've got some Patreon. Oh, go I was going to say, and the, around the time this episode comes out for 100, our free Patreon commentary episode will be out and posted. Yes, indeed. You can listen to our commentary track for 10 Things I Hate About You, but you're going to have to do it through the Patreon website or the Patreon app. It will be free. You don't have to subscribe, but you have to do it through the Patreon app. And once you're there, you can check out all the other Watch of This commentary tracks you're missing out on. So go ahead and subscribe. But in the meantime, we want to say hello to our Current Patreon subscribers, Charlie, Heather, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emma, Melly, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, John, Nick, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. Keep on listening for some extra stuff. And uh, we'd love it if you would head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review our show. Give us five stars, please. Yes, indeed. Please give us five stars and also uh, write us a good review. If you write us a good review, we will read it on the air. Yeah. On an episode upcoming. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at... MTMUGpod on Twitter. Yes, indeed. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. That's mm-hmm. what I meant to say there. You can follow me, Pete, on Instagram and Facebook at Peter Lasagna. And I'm uh, Scott Youngballer on Instagram. I have like three handles, so I, I always have to think about it. Oscar Scott on Twitter and then just Scott Youngbauer on Letterboxd. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. 100 episodes. Woo! We'll see you Thanks, next guys. week for 101. Bye. Bye.